champions, baby. Champions. Syracuse soccer has won the national championship. If you're not excited about that, I don't know what else to do with you. You have no heart. Syracuse soccer has won the national championship over Indiana. Get some retribution for the basketball team of the 80s. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about basketball. It's all on Lockdown Syracuse, and it starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Tuesday episode of Locked On Syracuse. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage. With a massive lineup of games across the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC, you can always catch the games you want on Sling. Check out Sling TV now to see the massive lineup of games they have all season long. Sling, the TV you love for a price you love. Try it today. Uh, Syracuse soccer just won the national championship. I mean, I could not believe it. I didn't think I would care, to be honest. But at the beginning, I was like, oh, cool. The soccer team looks like they're doing something cool. And then as it ramped up and ramped up and they got closer and closer, I like started to care a little bit. And then in PKs, I was invested like it was Game 7 of the World Series. I mean, that was incredible. I mean, really, the game itself was so fantastic. Uh, and the way they won was so great. And I celebrated. I mean, it was just the best. Syracuse national champion in soccer for the first time ever in the men's circuit. First time ever. National champions. Unbelievable. Absolute scenes in the Dome. It was sick to watch. You know, all those videos of, you know, the I crowd watching yeah. that uh, the final PK from Sinclair to go in and to see that eruption and, and the crowd involvement in that is really special. Uh, and to see that is amazing. You, you said it. I mean, this this was a team that I think for for a lot of Syracuse fans, you heard a little bit about maybe you heard they won the ACC tournament. Uh, and they were playing in the NCAA tournament. And then you're like, oh, okay, this is a team that's that's making a little run. They're in the final four. And this was a game, I think I tweeted before the game, we're all Syracuse soccer fans tonight. Like, it was just the perfect game, the perfect culmination of everything. Um, I forget who tweeted it. Uh, shout out to them. I, I cannot think of the name. Just talking about, you know, the the way Syracuse soccer has been this season, right? First year ever. Syracuse has multiple players playing in the World Cup in Buchanan uh, and then Kamal Miller for for Canada. They win the ACC tournament. They win the conference or the division within the conference in the ACC as well. They win the national championship. This is incredible, and it is cool to see, right? This is, you know, outside of lacrosse, there aren't many national championships in Syracuse athletics, period. And Syracuse men's soccer joins the company. And it is remarkable. It is awesome. And what a way and what a game to get to that threshold, to get to that point, uh, and to really say, yeah, we earned every second of this in an absolute battle down in Cary, North Carolina. 
Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It was a great game. Back and forth, Indiana scores the equalizer really late in the second half. You go to overtime. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. You go to overtime, and it seems like Syracuse just doesn't quite have the legs to keep going. And I mean, neither team really did. Um, But they go to PKs and uh, Russell Shealy. I mean, he was fantastic. That second shot and then the last one, of course, that he saved, he he was the man. Uh, and that's got to be one of the toughest things to do in sports, save PKs. I mean, he was really fantastic. Uh, and obviously they get the job done. But it really is so cool to watch your school win a national championship in any sport. Uh, but one that uh, a good non-rev sport that's just fun uh, and one that is a kind of a magical run because I don't know about you, Owen, but I didn't really expect them to do this at the beginning of the year. No. I knew that they had gotten Levante Johnson from Seattle who was supposed to be a good uh, fire starter, whatever. He was a good young player, uh, transfer, but he was more than I think anybody thought he was going to be for this team. And they just kind of went on a magical run. Ian McIntyre gets his first chip. Yeah, a team that that failed to make the tournament last season, a team picked to finish in fourth to last in the conference. They come out, they start winning soccer games, and then they start winning a few more soccer games. And then in the postseason, they start avenging every loss that they've had throughout the season. They get the most wins in program history before today's game. They come out from the start. They get the early lead. Equalized. They pop right back. Equalized again. This was a game where you were really just so – it was a roller coaster. And I I hate using that phrase, but it really was. You were drawn in so many different times, chances – um, a ball off a Syracuse defender hits the the upper 90, basically, but doesn't go in. Uh, a penalty that may or may not have been supposed to be a penalty uh, before the penalty shootout. Yeah, then you go into penalties, right? Then you go into pens, and your traditional five's not enough. Then the sixth isn't enough. Then the seventh isn't enough. And the eighth round of penalties, you, you get a win. This was everything that you wanted it to be in terms of storybook ending. They said on the broadcast so many times penalties is the greatest way to win and the toughest way to lose. And it is so incredibly true, but Syracuse walks away from this game victorious. They walk away as national champions. I think this is absolutely incredible as we've shared on this pod before. Uh, I worked with the team for many years, so it really, really cool to see, you know, this group of guys win it because this is, you know, some of the last chunk of guys that that I overlapped with in terms of my time there uh, for the coaching staff to get this, for Mac to get a big win. Um, Sean Lawler, assistant coach, outstanding guy. Yuka Maslin, outstanding guy, other assistant coach. I mean, these, these guys, they give it everything. They don't always get the credit, uh, but they do produce MLS talent at a rate unparalleled in this sport at or in college soccer and they they win a national championship against a very very experienced team that indiana brings to the table that is a team that is as big of a powerhouse as i think you could say uconn women's basketball in terms of soccer maybe not completely to that level but this is a team that most championship championship appearances of all time and go yeah they win championships they go to championships in 44% of their seasons, they've made the final four. That's not That's incredible. Crazy. Syracuse comes in relatively inexperienced in terms of 
you know, tournament and national championship and never been this far, right? Syracuse men's soccer never played in a national championship game. They come out, they get the early goal, and they do everything, right? This is a team that is really fun. Uh, they play with a lot of character. You said it. Russell Shealy was outstanding in this game, made a couple of big saves, a couple of big plays, bounced off the line really well. He deserves all the credit in the world uh, because I could tell you I'm sitting on the couch alone in utter panic and my heart is pounding and I am nervous and terrified and just up in arms in terms of emotion. And Sheely stays there, cool, calm, collected. Big save on the second shot. Big save in round eight. Uh, and, and propels this team to victory. And I, I do think it's really cool that Anthony Sinclair is, is the one to win it and the one to do it. Uh, a guy that's been on this team for, for a while now. The Costa just a Rican. leader on the field, off the field. Really good guy. Class act. Does everything that you want out of a player. Uh, doesn't always get the goal scoring moments. Um, but this is the biggest of moments delivers on the biggest of stages. And, you know, in, in 12 penalty attempts uh, in pens for Syracuse, they go 11 for 12, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, they did everything they needed to do. They walk out as ring chasers, as ring winners, as banner taker downers, putter uppers. I don't know if you saw, Indiana accidentally posted national I champions saw that. I at their saw watch that. party. Oops. Spoilers. <laughs> Syracuse men's soccer, absolute spoilers. But shout out to this team. Uh, Noah Singleman, incredible dude. Just this team comes out, has guys step up in this soccer game. Uh, a guy like Kirk Calliff, who, who's not starting, uh, and just embraces the role off the bench, comes in, immediate splash, puts that second goal in for Syracuse. To, to give them the credit, uh, to give them the glory. This is awesome, and it is really cool to see, you know, what probably is, and don't bash me, field hockey and cross country, the biggest national championship Syracuse has won since 03, without question in my mind. Uh, and I think that is really cool and really fun to to have this moment with a fan base that that's looking for moments like this. So to come together in a non-traditional way and have a day like this and a moment like this is pretty damn incredible. A lot of big national championships in the last 20 years, cross field hockey, basketball. And now this one, like you said, Sorry. definitely outside of a very big one. Lacrosse is lacrosse. You know, they <laughs> they've won enough that I'm going to trump them with this. Oh, eight Oh nine, baby. Um, okay. Let's take a quick break. And we'll get to some Omaha Steaks, baby. This is insane. All right. Omaha Steaks has cut prices 50% site-wide to make you the gift-giving hero that you always wanted to be. The holidays are here. Achieving, uh, Achieve gifting greatness when you have the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. I mean, when I gave my granny a steak back in the Christmas of, uh, of 2008, she was elated. She couldn't believe that I was holding up an Omaha steak for her. Uh, and you could be a gift god just like me. Omaha Steaks have put together a delicious selection of various gift packages to make shopping for the ones you love easy and nice. 
Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Plus, use code LOCKDOWN, that's one word, LOCKDOWN at checkout, and get an additional $40 off your offer. Omaha Steaks has everything you need to give a gift that's simply perfect. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites like the delicious Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon. Use that one in 2011. Air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Don't wait. Order today and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Granny is going to remember it. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Plus, use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout to get that extra $40 off your order, minimum order, may be required all right all right time to talk ballo basket now uh basketball it looked bad for a second everybody was watching the soccer game everyone was pumped and then they're like all right let's turn on syracuse beating monmouth and it was like a one-point game and immediately you see joe gerard just absolutely burn an offensive possession and everyone's like what the heck uh but of course they prevailed. 15-point win, 86-71. SU took it. Judah had 24. Joe had 16. Benny had 13. Jesse had 12. Malik Brown had 11. All right. I got two thoughts that immediately come to my head after this game. One, uh, you need to play better defense. Monmouth should have – there's no reason Monmouth should score 71 points against Syracuse. Absolutely no reason. Last year, I would have said fine because there wasn't an athlete on the team that could, you know, do anything crazy. This year, there are enough athletes on the team to where the zone could be beautiful. It could work so perfectly, and you could see such great defensive possessions every time down the floor to where you're thinking, wow, am I back in 2011 right now? But no, it's 2022, and guys still don't know what rotations they're supposed to make, and they're still giving up corner threes. Now, do we see it sometimes? Yeah, against Georgetown, Jesse had some great blocks in the corner, and he had some great blocks in this game. But there's no reason Monmouth should score 71 points against you. My second thought is I love John Bolajak as much as the next guy, but Malik Brown needs to play. He does. He needs to play. He had 11 points in this game. Uh, he had how many rebounds? He had seven rebounds in this game. I mean, he is a really good athletic player. He dunked over a couple of guys. There's really no reason in my mind that he shouldn't be get, getting minutes in meaningful games, especially if John Bowles, the guy taking him. Now, do I think John Bowles playing out of his skin? Absolutely. I never thought John Bowles could do this, but this is the second time back-to-back -back games. Uh, now the Malik Brown games that he's played, that is that he scored double digit points. He had 12 points against Oakland. Now, was it Oakland and was this Monmouth? Absolutely. Sure. But I still think there's a place for him on the floor. There are a place for his minutes. Um, I still think John Bull has earned his minutes. He's a great passer. He plays well in the zone, uh, and, he, and he fights for rebounds. But he's a zero on offense, although I will give him credit for that and one he had against Georgetown. I was up out of my chair screaming for him. Um, but Malik Brown needs to play. So those are my two points. Defense has, just has to be better. And Malik Brown, give him some more minutes.
Yeah, one of the things that that I really had circled in this game, and I'm you know hand up, and I think a lot of us can attest to this as well. Uh, I I didn't watch the first half of no one did basketball today. Not a single person um, did. No, and more important things happening. I did watch the score from afar, and one of the trends that I'm now noticing is is Syracuse has has gotten slow starts very consistently, and in games against Monmouth, in games against Oakland. In games against Georgetown, that's recoverable. It's not recoverable down the line. It's not recoverable against a Cornell team. That's actually not too bad, honestly. It's not recoverable against a Pitt team that you've got in a couple weeks, right? That's something that you've got to fix. The the slow start is is becoming a recurring narrative here, and and it is going to bite you at some point. Uh, I will say this, you know, to to get to a point that maybe goes beyond what you were going at and hit on a different topic. I, I think this was an incredible Judah Mintz game and we're, I'm really enjoying watching what he's doing now where he, he's really found this, this nice balance of scoring and distributing uh, 50% from the floor in this game, got to the foul line for 12 shots, made 11 of 12 from the stripe, five assists on this game. I, I think he's, he's figuring it out and figuring out what he needs to do with his current skill set and not really being able to shoot the three all too well, despite him hitting a three today, uh, has really figured out a, a way to become effective in this role and being able to utilize his ability to finish and also to find other guys and, and distribute decently. So so that's something that I, I think you walk away from here in a positive. Um, but this is a game where, you know, it was ugly. It was ugly. It was ugly. And they pull away, they win by 15. A 15 point victory is not really indicative of what this game was. I think you nailed it talking about, you know, defensive improvement that needs to happen, right? 11 games into the season now. Corner three's got to be fixed. Rotational issues have to be fixed. Things like that. It is, it is time where, you know, the, these things are no longer in that window of, okay, this is a young team. They're learning the zone, they're learning how to play with each other. You're a third of the way through the season you're very rapidly approaching conference play. It is, it's time for those, those issues and those wrinkles to be ironed out. Uh, and it needs to happen to, to have this defensive or this team defensively get to the level that they need to be at. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully we get to see that point before ACC play starts. But like we talked about in the last pod, uh, ACC play starts in two games. Cornell is the next one this upcoming Saturday, and, and don't sleep on them. They put up 105 points on Miami, and then after that, ACC play begins uh, the following Tuesday at 9 p.m. inside the Dome against Pitt, uh, and they could have 11 wins going into the Virginia game, which is three games later, if they beat Pitt, BC, and Louisville, um, and Cornell, of course. But, you know, only uh, we'll see. Uh, All right, that's enough basketball for me. Uh, Let's take one more quick break. This one brought to you by Built Bar. We got to pause the pod for a second, okay? Because you got to try some Built Bars. I'm talking Built Bars, new reimagined flavors, cookie dough, topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar. It's more filling and still insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie puff, 
Built Puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. First off, for anyone who hasn't tried Built Bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. Get it? They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low and low sugar and calories. 130 calories, Owen. I'm not kidding. There will be a time no. before you try these new Built Bars, okay? And afterwards, you'll be envious of anybody who gets to try them for the first time ever. You got to try Built. Get 15% off your first order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15. That's all one word at Built.com. All right. Back here on the pod. Whew. We got bad news in terms of Syracuse football and good news. The good news is Syracuse got a defensive tackle from Alabama. All right. I don't think anybody saw that coming. That was kind of crazy. Uh, we put out a good tweet. Syracuse better than Alabama. I mean, come on, kind of. Um, yeah. His name is Braylon Ingraham. He's on the way. Okay. He's getting an opportunity in Syracuse. He comes from getting yelled at by Saban to getting yelled at by Babers. Hopefully that goes well for SU. Uh, but the bad news is that the man who gave us this clip. Is gone. That's Jeremiah Wilson. He was the true freshman corner that everybody was excited about for audio listeners, which is the grand majority of you. That was a one-handed interception from training camp that Jeremiah Wilson pulled down. He was incredible in training camp. Uh, a lot of tweets about him, a lot of noise about him. Uh, he played a decent amount because of injuries. Garrett Williams was hurt, um, and he got to play uh, alongside the other corners, freshman corners name that's name is escaping me, um, Isaiah Johnson. But Jeremiah Wilson, not for him. Maybe it was because he didn't like Syracuse. Maybe he wanted to play for a different team, doesn't like the coaching staff, doesn't want to play without Tony White. Who knows? But he is gone. And that hurts because I thought he could have been the next up in DBU. Yeah, that's a, a painful one. He was one of my favorite players, honestly. Watching you know early season games where Syracuse had a commanding lead and he would come in just seemed like he had that spark and energy. Uh, I'm going to say this, and I will say that Jeremiah has much more talent in terms of ability, but reminds me of sort of that John Bull pop and spark that he can bring in terms of energy and and plays and things like that. Uh, this one hurts. I, I think this is a direct response to Tony White leaving. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense for him. Right now, you got Deuce back. You've got you know, competition and you're going to get snaps as the number three. But I, I think he's a guy with, with the talent to be getting snaps as, you know, a starting corner and sees that and without, you know, maybe the bump that Tony white provides in terms of coaching and scheme and the future, maybe you'd rather, uh, you know, take that risk with someone else. Uh, I, I get it. It stinks. Let's talk positive Syracuse steals a guy from Alabama. I say steals very generously because <laughs> he was uh, medically retired at Alabama this season. Really? So I didn't see. I read that. Maybe I'm incorrect, but he, he's not necessarily no, the healthiest right. human ever made. However, I will say this. Once a four-star and then got three 
four years of coaching with the best coaches that college football has to provide. Uh, I, I think that still makes him a very, very high priority guy and high importance guy for Syracuse and someone that I would hope is going to be a big time contributor on the D line this season uh, has some size can, can really be, you know, a big time player uh, on a D line that, that has lost some guys to transfer now uh, and is, is in that sort of conversation right now. So I think this is a big, a big get for Syracuse. I will say one more thing. And I, I hope that, we don't have to return to this for an, an important episode. Uh, Lenora Sellers is, is kind of on the hot seat coming here. And there is a major push from South Carolina right now to get him to decommit. Really? I didn't know that. You're a huge so push from South Carolina to get him to decommit. Both teams, I will say right now, have offensive coordinator shakeups. Syracuse promotes internally South Carolina without that decision made yet. Here's my thing that, real quick. That helps Syracuse a ton. But so he has been what's the saying, plan, though? I don't know. Sellers Say Lenoris said, commits. Say Lenoris commits. You get another year Schrader, and then it's Carlos's team, no? They're going to just say, Carlos, hit the road, Jack? Don't come back no mo, no, no, no mo, no mo? I don't know. I think that's probably what Lenoris is seeing right now. And I think he's also probably seeing a coaching staff at South and Carolina. 60 quarterbacks in the quarterback room who aren't going to get to play. That's really jumping in. And it, they bring up a good point. They bring up a good program. They bring up some options. And it, I, I'm not, I would be lying if I said that I, I think this is something that just should get brushed under the rug for now. I think this is something that we could revisit uh, because of what you just described is the reality of Syracuse's quarterback room right now. And the reality of, you know, this is Sellers said in an interview, right? They're really nice. A lot of feedback. They're always honest with me, giving me feedback to to get better in, in any facet of the game. And whether that's, you know, saying good things or, or really getting on me and calling me out for, for things that aren't. And, you know, that's an honesty that I think lands a lot with, with a high school player and, and young talent and something that is worrisome for Syracuse team that yes is bowl eligible yes is 7 and 5 in the regular season but it's also a team that lost both its coordinators in a 5 hour span and then is losing a lot of talent a lot of talent and so it's it's a risk at this point to be here uh they're bringing in players right decent recruit and Vincent Carroll Jackson over the weekend uh, another transfer in, what was it, Moore that committed over the weekend as well. So you're getting guys, but you got to you gotta start thinking. And, and that is a decision from Sellers that I am, I am nervous about because he absolutely lit it up in his last go this season. Is playing in, I believe it's like the, the Carolina's All-Star game this upcoming Saturday, yes. uh, which... Dino Babers better be at Shrine because, uh, yeah, get down there. Respectfully, Dino, I'm glad that you went and hung out in the student section for the uh, the Georgetown basketball game. But get on the recruiting trails, my friend. Get your face seen at high schools 
and at workouts and in any capacity with these players because your recruiting efforts need to be better and more important than you high-fiving the fans in the student section at a Syracuse-Georgetown basketball game. Get out and recruit because you are needed to get recruits right now. Because your Imagine team if you're sitting them. in the student section, you like turn to your left and it's just Dino. Yeah, I would tell I would him, so get in the car. Get in the car so and go to a high school now. <laughs> that would be so funny if you yeah. were just like, Dino, you got to go. All right, man. You got to go. That'd be good. All right. That's all Take we got. Take my keys. Go. <laughs> That's all we got today. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen. For your next, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, game recaps, take of the day, all available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. We'll see you tomorrow.